You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode number 25. This week's artist, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'm so excited. I'm crying. You can tell me what your mama said about your brothers when you get here. I know it's superstition, but let me testify. You should shake for me when you cross Boot Hill. And don't stop by the creek, son. It's iced over. And I couldn't stand the weather like Lenny and Slip Sliding Slim anyway. I'd be going down. Wham. You know what they say. It's hard to be a good Texan when you're a long way from home. Remember, when you're walking your tightrope, it's time to change it and start heading home to your Riviera Paradise. And come on and visit those hillbillies from outer space. Your hosts, Rob Heitman and Jacob Newkirk. <laughs> Welcome nice. to the Dirty Dozen Podcast. You like that one? That's I a that was good, good Another good one. I was good. And this is our 25th episode, and there's 25 references to songs oh, in perfect. in that intro. So. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we rank the Dirty Dozen or Top 12 Stevie Ray Vaughan songs while discussing their music and pounding back a few brews. I'm Rob. And I'm Jake. Hey. I'd like to thank everyone who's been active on our Facebook page. Although I can't send a shout out to everyone, I'd like to take a quick second to send a special shout out to Sean Martin, Misty Gunderson, Dave Devlin. And Tanya Davitt for being part of our community. Thank you, people. We're going to hopefully try and make this more of a community and try and keep you guys in it. And, oh, it's a lot of good stuff can be happening here. So Primus, we did because somebody asked for it. We've done Aerosmith because somebody asked for it. So let's get together and put some good stuff together as a group. And we'll put it out every two weeks. And hopefully you guys love it. And that's kind of where we're at. You should do a... uh... A poll on Facebook. We could put like a few bands or something out and be like, "What? Which of these? Do you which do we want to do?" Yeah. yeah okay. The thing is with Facebook, when you have to do it, you can only pick two. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I like. I wish you can pick like a hundred and say, "Pick mm-hmm. your favorite band and let's do this." I tell you what, the first two people to post a comment when we launch the podcast on Facebook will generally have a, a little announcement that'll say, "Here." Check out this podcast. It's brand new. just came out. When that one hits, the first two comments beneath there that have, do this band, Rob, or do this band, Jake. A reasonable band. No poisons, please. Reasonable. <laughs> no poisons or erasure or something like that. That's just never going to happen. But if they're a reasonable band, I will put that up and I'll take the first two that I get. I will create a Facebook post uh, with a poll that says, here's the two. Pick one. And after this episode, we have Puddle of Mud coming up, and then we have YouTube. But right after that will be whatever episode you guys pick. It'll be user's pick. There you go. And I will leave it up for, let's just say, even two weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe two weeks we'll keep it up. And please vote. Bring your friends to vote. If, if it's a band that you want to hear, please just do it. So we just finished an awesome drink. And since we were doing Steve Ray Vaughn, for those of you who don't know, uh, Steve Ray Vaughn was clean before he died, but he struggled with alcoholism and addiction to drugs. And he used to have this thing in the morning. He used to have whiskey with cocaine in it. And we just did, we'll try it, but we're not going to do that, right? (laughs) Because cocaine is not legal as far as I know. So we did liquid cocaine, which is a drink, and we added that to some whiskey or some Southern Comfort. And then we did some beer, and we did some other stuff in it. And it's called Texas Flood. And it was actually pretty tasty. It was pretty hardcore, but it's pretty tasty. Yeah, it was interesting. Check out the uh, Texas Flood, because we're doing Steve Ray Vaughan. 
why don't you want to see what Texas flood is? Yep. I would. It was good. It was interesting. It was weird. But it was good. In the long run, it was a fun fun drink. Yeah, there's a lot to it. It's not just... We didn't yeah. just have a drink and drank it. Sometimes the ritual part of it is is half of the... There's a lot experience. of ritual yeah. in this one, too. Yeah. yeah, it was good. So, Jake, tell me how the music of Stevie Ray Vaughan entered the <clears throat> world of Jacob Newkirk. Yeah, I don't even know. It was one of those guys that you just... You, you know you've heard those songs growing up, and you, you don't even realize who it was until much later. But he's one of my favorite electric blues guitar players. I think he's one of your favorites. Uh, he is. All time. Yeah, and he had that like the, the, the voice to match it. But he just had that, that swing and that feel that just set him apart. And obviously, he just you know could make that thing sing in the guitar. But he just played loud and hard and intense, which is what set him apart also, I think, from most Loud, of hard, were... and intense was, was the name of my last yeah. day, by the way. <laughs> you got a lot of those. I do. And, uh, <laughs> and he was, I just remember seeing him, I think it was like on Austin City Limits, too, watching that one, and he just sweating. He I did mean, it twice. It might have been the Coke, but yeah, he's just sweaty and just like, just fixated on that guitar and just, it's just, you have to pay attention when Stevie Ray Vaughan's playing. No, he's amazing. And uh, for me... I was in University of Arizona when uh, he was coming around. I did not know who he was. I decided to study because I didn't want to spend money on a band I hadn't heard. Mm. And Steve Ravon was playing. And I was like, oh, I lived with my bandmates at the time. And they're like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. So they all went. And they came back and they were jacked. They said he played behind his head. He played behind his back. He lit his guitar on fire. It was crazy. (laughs) It was amazing. And then he started playing this music around my apartment and I fell in love with it. I'm like, holy cow. Next time he comes, I'm going, I'm going. And I really became a huge fan. And then he died before I had that chance because it was the year before. It was in 89 when he came to Tucson, Arizona. Then in 90, he died. So he never got to come back around. And uh, it crushed me because I had become such a huge fan. Right. You were anticipating him. How could you not like it? I mean, we were covering Hendrix when we were playing out. Mm -hmm. We were doing all this stuff. I'm like, that's what we love. And he was doing Voodoo Child and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think the first album I heard from him was Live Alive. Which a lot of people say is not the best album to hear for first, but for me it was great because it had a yeah. spread of all his stuff. I love all his live albums. And he had that superstition, and he had a couple other things in there, and Willie the Wimp, and the one that really kind of blew me away was Mary Had a Little Lamb. Here's mm-hmm. a here's a simple song yeah. that all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you can it. make Mary Had a Little Lamb cool. You're awesome, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? I was like, that's oh, true. Yeah, it's a good statement. Yeah. It was just, it, it was it blew me away. So anyway, uh, I became a huge fan, and I still am. I was crushed when he died. It was one of those first musicians that I dealt with in my life. Uh, Metallica lost. Cliff Burton. Yeah, Cliff Burton. And that was big, but it wasn't the guy. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it, it's not in that Headfield dying. The band could still go on without right. Stevie Ray. I mean. As much as all the people out there are going to comment, that's fine. I'm, when Stevie Ray Vaughan died, I remember listening to the newscast. And they didn't know if it was Eric Clapton because it was Clapton's band yeah, that had the entourage. They said it was either Clapton or they're not sure yet. They're trying to figure it out. And I was like, it should have been Clapton. <laughs> as sad as that is, I mean, they both would be awful either way. And I think the music community would rather it be Steve Ray Vaughan if you pick those two. But for me, it would be the opposite. Yeah, I, like Stevie, I've always Stevie was overrated, but I, I Stevie could was lynched for saying that so. He saved the blues. He brought the blues back yeah. to a new generation. 
Yeah, it was on MTV. It was this sort of like, yeah, it was. Who would have thought? Nobody. I was like, you can't sell the blues. You can't do that. Yeah. That's nobody cares. Nobody cares about Buddy Guy and Albert King and all these people. It's like, but those guys, Stevie brought forward. He yeah. didn't. He didn't like push up in front and say, "I'm." I came up with this. He's like, "No, look at these guys." Yeah, he's pointing to them. Yeah, it's and then like John Lee Hooker had the biggest album he's ever had, post Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like when when he had he had the one where he played with everybody and I I bought it it was the healer one of my favorite albums too, yeah. and I've been a lover of the blues and like people like Joe Bonamassa and people who are carrying on that the tradition I love and um, maybe we'll talk about that in the future, but anyway, <laughs> that's me and Steve Ravon. Before we get to the beer, I want to try something different. Well, beer, we've had some great times. When I was 17, I drank some very good beer. I drank some very good beer I purchased with a fake ID. My name was Brian McGee. I stayed up listening to Queen when I was 17. Thank you, Homer. Wow. We're doing our beer segment now. <laughs> so, Jake, we're walking That's back classic. to one of our first episodes, Left Hand Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. It's a Milk Stout Nitro that Jake brought. Yeah. Steve Ray Vaughan, let's get, you know, left hand, even though he's not a left-hander, but, but he uh, uses, he left, uses hand. left hand, and his left <laughs> hand is ridiculously fast. There you so, go. it's really among my favorite beers. Yeah. Next time you're out and about, you see, oh, should I pick up 805? Should I pick mm. up some other junk? Mm. Should I even pick up stone? Maybe. Maybe stone. <laughs> but if you're in the Get mood both. for a stout, yeah. there is no better stout on earth. Yeah, come and on. That's, it's fall. It's winter That's coming. whatever it is. Well, I don't know about no greater, but yeah. It's, I know, it's my favorite. If this is my favorite. If you give me a choice, say I, you have to get a All stout. Right. You only have one. This is the one I pick. Well, I'm, I'm bringing some Oscar Myers 1050 next time okay. if I can find it. Oscar Myers is is that with the I wish I were an Oscar, Oscar Meyer wiener is no, that, it that sounds that, like that it doesn't no Oscar Myers blues uh, it's in Colorado it's a brewery yeah yeah we had, we had some of that already didn't we no we had uh, Oscar Myers something I've talked we? about this one before it comes in a four pack it's like twenty bucks but it's super good there pours you know. like oil it's really good oh that's good mm-hmm. like I don't have a glass today but you can taste it it just I'll tell you what it's sweet to the taste yeah but not overly sweet it's a stout right yeah it's smooth. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like porter-like, too, with that smoothie. It's just balanced. It's not overly sweet. It's not like I'm having candy. Mm-hmm. But it's not overly bitter, either. Mm-hmm. So it's that balance of bitterness and sweetness that matches so smoothly with this stuff. Yeah. And so please, you know, if you're in that mood, check it out. And Homer even likes it, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's getting uh, fall, winter. I mean, it's the time for stouts. I know. It's starting to get... It's, it's November already, almost. Although it was like 90 today, right? It was, I know. <laughs> well, we're in California, so it's... When is winter, really? Mm-hmm. Winter is like this weekend that comes in February. It's a sometime. few days here and there, yeah. so we have winter. But not today. Not today. The fall is what we like to call this, and the fall is pretty much fire season out here, so yeah. that's pretty crappy. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing the songs we will share under 15 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we need to highlight. And then we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search, quote, official Dirty Dozen, end quote, 
on either service to listen to each of our lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will head back to Steve Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. We have also created a current episode playlist, which you can subscribe once and always be updated. For example, covers playlist will be up there now, but as soon as this podcast comes out, when you're listening to it, so I guess right now, it will be completely updated to Steve Ray Vaughan. And next podcast will be updated to whatever we cover next. You don't have to keep looking for it. It'll be there. And then you'll listen to it like, hey, I'm listening to these guys. Oh my gosh, they're talking about this song. Like, where can I hear it? There you can hear it. Okay. All right. (laughs) Enough of that stuff. Now let's go to the fun stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. uh, Jake, what is your song of note for Stevie Ray? Yeah. Well, you know, like we talk about how these blues guys, a lot of what's in their catalog is some covers, even if they reinvent them. Sure. I mean, own, uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, like, so when I went through it, I, I segmented it into originals yeah. and covers. And there was a little more originals than covers. Just a little bit. But it was bit, just though. very close. I think it was, was like, about half and I think half it was like that, 48 yeah. originals and yeah. 41 covers which yeah. like we say when it comes like to the that. blues it kind of is a you expect it a lot of these these cats will just reinvent a song that that's kind of traditional been done throughout the the decades yeah but some of stevie's redos i was like huh oh, so really yeah. i was aching the because he on makes the, it his on own. the 12 i think that's what he's what i would say with him is even though they may have been derivative and covers of these he always made it his own because of that, you know, with our rules that we've put on this pick of sure. the, the 12 has to be, you know, it has to be Surayvon. But but you could break it, but it's just, that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, but right. then I would be shunned. And you would be who shunned. Who wants that? <laughs> Nobody wants that. I can't deal with that. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Our <laughs> tales are... Same, wait, let me come in again. <laughs> you can cue that audio clip later. There we go. <laughs> So yeah, that being said, um, this song would have been my number one. It's that important, but it's going to be my song of note. It's Little Wing, which is what we know. So good. He won a Grammy for that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because the thing with this song, obviously it's a Hendrix song, but I prefer this version over Hendrix um, because he made it his own, like we keep talking about, but it's, he he makes it instrumental and gives it this whole new attention and... um, so yeah, given the choice between those both versions, I would always go with Stevie Ray's. Um, it's just such an amazing, cool song, um, and it's like I said, it, it would have rivaled my number one if it wasn't a cover. It's so flawless how we did this song. It it sort of takes blues, jazz, and Hendrix and, and yeah. pushes it together, and it comes out even juicier than Hendrix mm-hmm. somehow. Yes. And and Stevie Ray doing it. It was just like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? There's influences there that aren't in Hendrix and the clarity and the tones. And and Stevie's not one to use. He's using dumbbells. He's using uh, tube screamers, if anything, and a wah pedal. And that's it. But whatever amp he was using, he wants it clean. He hits the button. He wants Mm -hmm. to use... The tube screamer, he doesn't click the tube screamer on. He had an AB switch ABs, yeah. that'll flip it in, and it was the first true bypass yeah. before there was Channels that was such over. a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was just a little guitar nerdery. But for me, this is fantastic stuff. And let's play some Little Wing. 
from Steve Ray Vaughan. So want, good. I just want to listen to everything. There. Sounds so good on these speakers, too. Oh, man, I was like, this is like stuff I'm like, I just want to sit back and spend the next eight minutes listening to that yeah, song. Yeah, that's know, all you need. Is, however long it is, right? So tasty, so mm-hmm. yummy, whatever you want to call it. It's just t- freaking amazing. Uh, I love that song. I am going to go another way because I figure that, well, Jake... He's going to pick Little Wing, or he's going to pick Superstition, or he's going to pick something like that, right? Uh, the big names, and just the sidebar on Superstition. Uh, once again, it's another Stevie Wonder song that he didn't realize he was writing for Stevie Ray Vaughan because he, it's so much better than that. Stevie Ray Wonder. Yeah, the Stevie Wonder <laughs> is crap compared to the anyway. <laughs> the Stevie Ray Vaughan version. No, I don't know. That's fighting words, but it's pretty darn good. It's different. Yeah. It's different, but totally. it's good. But I am going to go completely left field. I have a feeling I know. Left field. Now, I am going to do something. The first time most people heard Steve Ray Vaughan. When was the first time most people heard Steve Ray Vaughan? What do you think? At the time. With them knowing or not knowing? Without not knowing who he was. Maybe David Bowie. David know. Bowie. And this is the cool thing. I thought I'd never combine a song and note with something our listeners would never expect. <laughs> Steve Ray, in the Steve Ray Vaughan podcast, or in any Dirty Dozen podcast yeah. for that matter, it's a thinly veiled secret that I've never been a big fan of David Bowie. Me either. But I figured I'd play some David Bowie today. Uh, Steve Ray Vaughan played I'd... the solo in David Bowie's only number one across the world. Yeah. It's the only thing that hit his his biggest song with mass appeal, which is, means that most David Bowie people hate this song, which is good. So we, we gotta have some some balance there. It's a dance song, and it's definitely not the blues. It's called Let's Dance. Steve Ray Vaughan did the solo in it, and he was supposed to go on tour with them, and it was, oh, it was so fascinating that he was booked. He practiced, and he's like Bowie was saying, "Well, maybe we can let you do some opening dates with your gig." And then, then that started falling through. And he's like, well, "Maybe we can just go on tour, and then maybe do some gigs in in the towns we travel uh, to." And doing that, so Stevie said, eh, "Never mind. I'm not going to be your guitarist." Yeah. As they're getting ready to go on tour, <laughs> and for David Bowie, yeah. And here's a guy who's not signed, right? No, not signed yet. Yeah. But it created such a buzz. What kind of guitarist would say no to David yeah, Bowie? And it became down. this big buzz, and that led to Texas Flood, and that led That's... to Steve Ray Vaughan's career. And he he bet on himself. He was 29 when he finally hit it. Yeah, and he started at like 16, mm-hmm. 15, 14. And I heard this um, uh, writer in one of the documentaries. There's a bunch of really good documentaries on Steve Ray Vaughan. This guy there, and he's like. I wish every artist would wait till 29 to come out because he was just so polished <laughs> and he was so perfect. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, he kind of figured out his space yeah. as opposed to his trying to come out yet. at 19 and right. trying to find a space. If you would have signed T. Ray Vaughan at 19, we may not be still talking about him. Obviously, he had some tragedy in his life or in his death and maybe makes him even a bigger influence than maybe he was. When he hit... It was so impactful. MTV even played it, yeah. and it, Pride and Joy and stuff like that. They played that, and nobody was playing that. I mean, we're listening to like yeah, any, anything but like yeah, Boy George and stuff like that was hitting, or PC yep. Quest or stuff like that. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
that's an inside joke. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, but it was it's just a fantastic that he he turned down going on tour from. He didn't know where his next meal was coming from. Mm. He was hardly living in a home. He was place to place. He was jumping in couches and living. He got this opportunity to play with David Bowie. And right. David Bowie's like, I want to bring you on tour. You're amazing. You're, you're going to be my guitarist. Yeah, a name like David Bowie at that time. I mean, it's... Yeah, and he was going to go on tour with them. And he was going yeah. to ride in limousines and stay at the finest hotels and yeah. deal with press. And Even if he did that for a while and then did his solo thing, that could have been... Well, that's what there was some argument between his staff on... Well, should he actually go out and do this, or should he not, or blah blah blah? This used to be my ringtone back in the day. Really, you loved it. Let's dance. Before it was like actual, like the clip of the MP3. It was like that digital sort of Nokia. uh, Really, mid soundy. I used to have this. That's. I didn't know you were so effeminate. That's amazing. (laughs) You knew it. Don't lie. I figured. Yeah. So uh, let's let's listen. Let's dance a little bit. Anyway, Steve Ray Vaughan, um, <laughs> playing in front of a big artist, regardless of our opinion on him. This was obviously his biggest song, and to play on that, I mean, Eddie Van Halen played on Michael Jackson's Beat It, for example. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so it's it's along that line, but Eddie Van Halen was established. Here's a guy who didn't even have a record deal. and That's yeah, a big game. And, and David uh... Bowie heard him at Montreux. Mm-hmm. And when Steve Ray Vaughan went to Montreux, he got booed. Because he was playing on an, they booked him on an acoustic night, and he comes out with his brash Texas style and plays blues. They're used to listen, listen to somebody sitting there on an acoustic playing blues, yeah. and he it's came out and killed it. Find, but yeah. he got so much out of that gig. I mean, David Bowie said, "I want to speak to you on downstairs afterward." He he got buzz in the musical community, and Jackson Brown actually gave him free studio time in the studios, who we had never met before. So it was truly impactful. And he thought he blew it because he's not used to getting booed at all. You know, he's playing Pride and Joy and stuff like that. And people are like, boo. Idiots. idiots. (laughs) 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 All right. So let's jump into the nasty. I don't know if it's the nasty, but it's the the dirty dozen, the nasty dozen. Maybe I'll change it to nasty. It's nasty. Anyway, the dirty dozen. Let's. Jump in, and we're going to do 12, you know, the way we always do it. You'll do 12, I'll do 12 and 11, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What is your number 12 song from Steve Ray Vaughan? Mine is off of uh, Couldn't Stand the Weather. This one is called Stang's Swing. It's a cool tune, but I put it low on the list. It's a jazzy, swinging tune. It's more jazz than what we're more familiar with hearing from Stevie Ray. You just like the horn solo. I dig the horns in it, yeah, for sure. There's a different drummer on this song also instead of Chris Layton. I think he was the drummer for the Fabi- uh, Frank Christina. Yeah, Frank for, Christina. Uh, from the Thunderbirds. Yeah. Which was uh, Jimmy Vaughn's band. Ray's, yeah. Or Jimmy Ray. Jimmy Ray. It's not Jimmy <laughs> Ray. The same middle name. You can call him a Ray, but you can call him a Jay, but you don't have to call him a Lee Jimmy Dinner Ray and Stevie Ray. <laughs> no, it's just Jimmy. So it's a cool a cool song. Um, I'm not a huge jazz guy, but but this is a cool one. It stands out. It's a little bit slightly different over in the, the uh, jazz realm for them, but I thought it was cool and should be should be in the list. That's a good tune. It didn't make my list, but it's okay. But yeah, he's got the influences. You can talk like, you know, Wes Montgomery kind of feels like, or 
or even like Kenny Burrell or somebody like that who mm. he's kind of bringing the octaves and the inversions and all this other fun stuff into it. And it, it, this one's really more of a jazz song than blues, like you said. But let's hear a Stang Swing. It's in Couldn't Say the Weather. Steve Ray Vaughan. Let's listen. <laughs> That was Stang Swang. That's a good song, though. I was, I'm, uh, I'm impressed. Throw that in there. Yeah, although you didn't like it for the guitar, you liked it for the horny stuff. I like the guitar too. I'm just not a, a big jazz guy. It's interesting. Like that song in particular reminds me of radio shows. Mm-hmm. Meaning, Steve Ray Vaughan has been the number one radio bed creator. Yeah. almost ever <laughs> like even that one yeah, that we started with with yeah, like hillbillies a... from outer space that's like how many people have used that for commercials yeah. i need to talk to you about uh you know depends or whatever yeah, you know? no, yeah. And, it's like, and they, they talk over it yep. because it's instrumental but it has some interest right, it settles down in the backspace yeah, but yeah. still yeah that'll come up later too i'm sure in our it may it depends on if anybody has any of them in there which i imagine we do at some at some point my number 12 is not that not at all i tell you no it's nothing nothing like that i don't know what you're talking about there uh this is off of an album a little known album by steve ray vaughn a little fringe album called texas flood his his first album he came out with and probably his biggest impact album uh love struck baby is my number 12 Mm -hmm. it has a fast swinging uh shuffle groove uh, it almost gives a pop feel of the blues when I listen to it. Uh, chorus is catchy. I love the turnarounds and the solos, of course, but especially like some of the accents. Like at 118, if you listen to it, they have this really cool accent. I'm sorry, I love it. The vocals are good, but it's not really pushing Stevie's range. Probably why it's number one. Obviously, you can get like a feel for uh, almost a, like a Chuck Berry from this, or or even yeah, like a, the Johnny Be Good for sure is yeah. coming through on this track. 12 bar blues you know it's, yeah, it it's pretty much mm-hmm. fast 12 bar blues here you go i remember on the live footage you would always see him play this solo behind his back i thought that was cool like you said earlier well this is the yeah. space he does it you know yeah. it's like these sort of songs he's not doing that on little wing right you no know? he's doing it's that here one, yeah yeah and he's doing all the acrobatics and if you haven't heard when he played live he did behind the back he did yeah. he played with his teeth he played behind his back like hendrix i yeah. mean he, he yeah, he did all of those. Uh, yeah, and some of that. He did all the tricks and whatever, the back and forth. I always loved when he swung the guitar behind his back and it was in front of him and he went back and forth. He would hit it this way, hit it, hit it behind his back. Yeah. Hit, I'm sorry, I'm moving away from the microphone. <laughs> I was acting it out. It was acting! If you could see it right now. You know, he'd swing behind his back and strum it. Then he'd strum it in front of him. Then he'd strum it behind him. And then he'd strum it in front of him, back and forth. It's just <laughs> some of the dexterity this guy had. Yeah, it's what cocaine it, does to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this song was part of Texas Flood, which was recorded by Jackson Brown, was the guy who he uh, met at Montreux. Oh, yeah, and and he said, I have, uh, studio I have some studio time. I'll give it to you free. And even with free studio time, Stevie had to figure out ways to get gigs to get him across the country to there. And he was there for Thanksgiving weekend, and he had three days to record the entirety of Texas Flood. And uh, 
Love Struck Baby was yeah. part of that. They're all in one room and they were monitored out, you know, in each direct line, but they were playing together. Yep. And that's what you hear on the album. So let's hear my number 12, Love Struck Baby off of Texas Flood. Yeah. Okay, that was Love Struck Baby, my number 12 off of Texas Flood. So that means I moved to 11. And this one's also off of a small album called Texas Flood, as all my songs are. (laughs) (laughs) This one is called Rude Mood. You take four minutes, you say, Stevie, show off for four minutes. Here you go. Yeah. It's probably one of the best instrumental tracks you'll ever hear in my mind. He takes some time off at like... 230 in the song he plays like rampant for like the first two and a half minutes and then he pulls into the melody of the song for about 45 seconds and then he kicks off again <laughs> so it's 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 the clean strat tone i like the running up and down the scale at around two minutes he just fires it super fast technical it just blows me away he did this on mtv when he did the unplugged he did it on a 12 string <laughs> oh i don't know that and it was unbelievable i'll put a link to that uh, in the yeah, show notes but he split a unplugged episode with uh, joe satriani really but, yeah i didn't know he did an unplugged so he did the first half oh. he was playing a 12 string the entire time and he played did he have a band in no just him oh, acoustic wow. guitar a 12 string acoustic guitar <laughs> and him flying around like crazy on it it was and amazing to hear like I, yeah and it's like and he played rude mood he played the, it was the first song. He just fired it off, and he played it perfectly. And it's and it's an amazing thing to do that on an acoustic guitar. Although Stevie used size thirteen strings when he played his electric, that's what he played. He played it down a half a step, to all fairness, but yeah. but still he played thirteens, which is insanely. He used to have to put crazy glue on his hand to cover the holes in his fingers uh-huh. every night because he used to be, he bends like crazy, but he's bending thirteens. Which is insane. Yes. To put that Maybe. in perspective, if you can understand numbers, Billy Gibbons used sevens. <laughs> right. Easy to bend. Easy to bend. Thirteens, not so much. Mm-hmm. Most humans couldn't even attempt it. It's like bending a piano string. People have told me that I should use nines because I use tens. Yeah, nines is kind of a... Nines standard. is good, but thirteens, holy crow. That's hardcore stuff. <laughs> He uh, earned a Grammy nomination for Best Rock Instrumental from this song. You know, the clean strat tone, it's just fantastic. And fast shuffle, it's just awesomeness. Yeah. So let's listen to Rude Mood here. My number 11. <laughs> Yeah, it's my number 11. Rude mood. So what do you have at number 11, my friend? My number 11, speaking of like songs that are a bed or something that's kind of a backing track. Sure. I could be wrong. I feel like this is the most recognizable instrumental of his right off the first lick. It's called Scuttle Button. And maybe it's only because when I listened to KLOS as a kid, when they did the news report and Rita Wilde would come out and talk about the news and music and everything, but it would always be this intro. And I never knew it was a Stevie Ray Vaughan song until much later. Yeah, it just got that signature Stevie Ray tone. Good instrumental. Yeah, it is. Scuttle Button, it's got that, you know, the blazing lick right off the bat. It's like, hey, I'm a badass. 
Yeah. The solos are just so good. It's definitely some Lonnie Mac in there. There's some, even Steve Ray Vaughan says it was his way of playing Lonnie Mac's Chicken Feed. What's the name of the, yeah. the song? It's just lightning, precise, crazy awesomeness, yeah. pretty much. Right from the green light. Yeah. It just comes out the gates that way. Yeah. And like I said, I think maybe it, it stands out to me more just because it was... Uh, you never knew what it was. On KLOS, yeah. It was just, it was always like this sort of like thing you heard in the background. Like MTV News when you heard the uh, Megadeth intro with the bass line there. You know, yeah, what, yeah. What song was that? Where? What was that one? It wasn't Train of Consequences. That's all I know. I don't remember. I How's don't, it go? Come I'm on. trying to remember. I don't even remember it, really. I'm trying to remember the MTV intro. I don't remember it. With that bass line. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, peace cells. I was just having a, a mind fart there for a minute. <laughs> well, we'll revisit that when we do Megadeth, one of these episodes. Yeah, we should do Megadeth. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Anyway, scuttle button. Scuttle button. You sound like scuttling this butt. butt. You said butt. <laughs> hey, I was like, <laughs> I need some holy up for my holy up. All right, uh, let's listen to scuttle button. Jake's number 11. Okay, here's here's just a little insight into me. <laughs> when I was young, you know, if you ever had that, ever thought about like the genie and the three wishes, <clears throat> like like if you could do something to like just change your body or whatever, I would have my hands like Steve Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. I would, but at the time, this is how messed up I was. My voice would be David Coverdale. <laughs> There's no shame in that. I'm trying to picture what that would sound like pairing. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? It was, but it was like, I was like, oh, if I could only have that, I could do that. I'd be great. It'd be awesome. Oh. That's good. Uh, no, no. Okay. No embarrassment there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's the Tony Katane factor. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that might add Although some cheese. That, that's a whole world of crazy that he <laughs> got himself into there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was your number 11. What's your yeah. number 10, my friend? Okay. Off the same album. This one's called Honeybee. Really, I really love I his solos that that in this one. I, th- okay. I don't know if it. There's great vocals, and I don't know if it's the love song lyrics. It's it's kind of a you know, it kind of it sounds like an old blues tune. Yeah, it reminds me like it, like it, it almost sounds like it's recorded in the fifties. Yeah, me. yeah. There's just something that always kind of stuck out to me about this this track. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a straight one four five. You know, it's in yeah, there nothing and fancy. It's a throwback, but it's. You know, it's an original. It's it's good. Honeybee. Like, if you would have asked me without me knowing, if I said, Rob, which one's a cover, which one's not? Are we playing that that game? And you played me Honeybee, I'd say that's a cover. Yeah. Right. It, sounds it sounds like, like it a cover. Be. Yeah. It should be, but it's not. Like a standard, yeah. Honeybee off I Couldn't Stand the Weather. Jake's number 10. that's honeybee uh, yep. jake's number 10 all right so now i am up <laughs> thank goodness for for that um <laughs> so my number 10 is off of a small album called instep 
I love this album to death. Mm-hmm. If you could play out the grooves in a CD, this was the album that I played out the grooves of. This song may be a little bit unexpected <laughs> because it's not the first song people think of when they think of In Step. But my song for number 10 is Wall of Denial. Mm. The intro in the beginning, the back and forth and the fretboard just sets the tone. When they move towards the verse, the jazzy chord slides. With some of the movement in the verse, the unexpected chord rising at like uh, 130 or so. Denial is one of the 12 steps. Oh, yeah. Uh, because in step, if you didn't know. Yeah, he was sober at this point. Yeah. Is about the 12 steps of recovery uh, of AA. And that's what he went through, and he found uh, God through that. He came through it, and he was uh, going through those 12-step recovery, and that's what In Step was about. It's keeping him in step. And if you listen to some of the songs, like Tightrope and a couple of the other songs on there, it's like about him dealing with potentially falling off his sobriety. So, uh, But anyway, Wall of Denial is part of that. Solo is so tasteful that he has those hard bands. And which is always amazing since he uses 13s. Every time I hear like the big bands, I'm like, ow, 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 ow. (laughs) You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's great. Layton on drums is just killer on this tune. I remember this one, there was, for some reason, standout guitar to me on on this track. Not that all the songs don't have standout guitar, but. It cut um, and paste. Yeah, but especially like. (laughs) I think it's like the four and a half minute mark on this song. I remember maybe maybe it's the outro, but it just really it takes off and you're just like yeah you're, yeah it's around like three forty where he goes in the solo two and he just like takes yeah, off yeah uh-huh. yeah and that's where it's just like yeah the guitar kind of just commands attention. So uh, we'll listen to uh, a little of that and maybe we'll try and get to the three forty, but we'll see where we end up. I want to get kind of the vocals in there a little bit. So let's take a listen to Wall of Denial. <laughs> Uh, I just want to keep listening. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to keep listening. <laughs> yeah, and you have 15 seconds. But the great thing is you have that current episode. Just click over to that, and subscribe, and you have it. It's just boom. Just listen to it. It's awesome. Wall of Denial off of End Step. That's my number 10. And my number nine is the telephone song off of... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh, actually, this is off of Family Style. I'm going to go to Family Style. This oh, is my, yeah? I have one Family okay. Style, uh, right. which is uh, Steve Ray Vaughn played with his brother, Jimmy Vaughn. Uh, and the album actually came out after his death. Yeah. But it was obviously recorded before his death. You know, go figure. Obviously. Um, but it's fantastic. There's some good stuff. There's some not stuff. It's You feel Jimmy Vaughn's control yeah, over a lot of it. For sure. But not all of it. And one of the songs that I kind of jump at feels like Stevie. You When you hear it, you can tell when each person's playing. Mm-hmm. And it's very and clear. Singing. Yeah, and singing, obviously singing. The song that I have at my number nine, which I absolutely love off that album, is Long Way From Home. Uh, fast Shuffle with toe tapping. Stevie's vocals are so good. Because the night is falling. I'm a long, long way from home. I'm not going to sing it. I, I guess I tried to, but that was really bad. <laughs> it just feels like Steve Ray Vaughan. The solo is so good. And the guitar flows right back into the song at the end of the solo. It's just so 
great. He lets go. And this album, it's he's very controlled, and it's his brother kind of keeping him tight, as opposed to, you can feel he's not as loose as he is in most of his albums. Yeah. But in this song, he lets loose. And he even has a fake ending. The only thing I don't like about the fake ending is after the fake ending, Jimmy plays. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, Steve, we should just go, ah, come on. <laughs> so uh, it's it's an amazing tune. If you only grab one song from Family Style, there's really two choices, but this is the one that I pick. No, it's not one of my favorite albums, but it is kind of cool that they, they actually got to do this because I know it was Stevie Ray always talked about doing some collaboration um so it was neat that it actually happened but but it, like you said it, it doesn't sound like stevie ray or i don't know it, it there's just something about it where you're like oh this is different you have to listen to it with different ears and i think really i think it. long way from home is the only yeah, song on the album that really feels like stevie to him, yeah. yeah it's interesting though it's like you know the the relationship you have your big brother who's this guitar icon in austin mm. What was it? Tough enough was their big hit. Oh yeah, that's right. From Fabulous Thunderbirds. Tough enough, yeah. But yeah, they really didn't hit anything bigger than that. But here's Stevie, the little brother, come up and yeah, just makes his own just name, destroy, yeah. saves the blues, mm. and you know, measure me the you know Jimmy in that you know these little and they always didn't get along. Uh, in fact, when Stevie was little, he. He used to try and steal his brother's licks, but his brother said, if you ever play that lick again, <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. Good. And he did. <laughs> because it, like Stevie played it again, and then he always wanted to try to find his own way after that yeah. because his brother just pounded him. <laughs> anyway, uh, Long Way From Home. This is off of Family Style. This is my only Family Style entry, uh, but I figured this is the one to choose. So let's listen to Family Style. Long way from home. All right, that's yeah. my number nine. Long way from home. This is a good track. Yeah, I'm, I got Jake heard a bunch of that, so that was good. Uh, so, it. so let's go with uh, Jake. What do you have as your number nine? See if we have a match okay. coming up soon. I'm yeah. curious. I think we might, but every time I think we might, we don't. I know. I got it. You know. Yeah. Let's see. So this one song title. It's named after the album. Also, couldn't stand the weather. Oh, good too. And this one kind of stood out with that the weird kind of stop starts that create that tension, but still, it's a good smooth song. It's, yeah, something about this song stands out to me, and I just always I really like this one. Okay, couldn't stand the weather is a. Amazing tune. The guitar looks up, the jazzy chords, uh, solo is amazing. And some of the kind of like funk chords and mm -hmm. some snarl and it's just some goodness. I'll kind of hold off a little bit from there, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's listen to uh, Couldn't Stand the Weather <laughs> off of Couldn't Stand the Weather. Jake's number, what is this, nine? Nine. Nine, okay. That's not too awful. <laughs> That's Jake's number nine. Couldn't stand the weather. Yep. Off of uh, the album. What's the name of the album? I can't remember the name of the album. What's oh oh? Couldn't stand the That's weather. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I knew it was. It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was like, I was like, <laughs> oh golly! Now let's listen to what would Jake pick? Let's do. We're gonna play the game that everybody's thinking. Of. Ding, 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 ding. What's my number? What's Jake's number eight? Eight. My number eight is off of uh, In Step. Good. I like it already. The song is called The House is Rockin'. I feel like maybe some people might have this higher up, only because it's that the vintage rock and roll sound, which I feel like is every other song, whether it's Johnny Be Good or any of these other ones. This one stood out a little bit more. The song Scoots feels kind of good. It's kind of nestled right in there at number eight for me. Yeah, this one reminds me, I mean, I always have like a Jerry Lee Lewis moment. Exactly. Or, or something like that. And it's funny, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, I didn't even think of this. Jerry Lee Lewis, what is he known for besides playing piano? Womanizing uh, underage girls. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, when Stevie broke up with Lenny, he fell in love with a girl in New Zealand. Oh, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. And she was 15. No way. <laughs> And he was the one. She was the one who flew out to uh, London when he was in, you know, recovery, oh. and he helped her through. She helped him through uh, oh. the recovery, so he fell in love with her there. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, and it was just kind of interesting that the, this kind of vibe. I just, I, I was just kidding. I didn't know that they had that similarity. <laughs> I really didn't know that, and I was like, I was like, whoa! I was watching. I was like, really? That well, was she his cousin? Because wasn't that? Did, is no, that no, no, it, it, was, his, <laughs> it wasn't his cousin. So, so I guess there's that. I gave Steve credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just one notch above. <laughs> oh, man. This song always reminds me of like entering some sort of like raging frat party. <laughs> as weird as that is. <laughs> the solo. It's funny. This is the first song off of Instep. And the first solo you hear on Instep is is a piano solo mm-hmm. because that's the first solo in the song i love that he brought in piano and some keys in the band at this around this point well it was solo solos weren't started yet. yeah because all of a sudden it's like wow this is this is what it needs it's really not a showcase for stevie it's a showcase for the band it's fun it's moving and it's kind of a play on like if this van is a rockin don't come a knockin mm-hmm. but he changed it to house because mm-hmm. it's a little more classy <laughs> Yeah. You're established. You have roots. Yeah, because, because if you have the house rocking, you've got you a lot going on house. right yeah. there. That, that, that's not the van rocking. I could see it, but you know, don't come, don't come knocking on the van. I gotcha. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. But a house is a rocking. You got to come on in. It's gonna, it's a party happening. <laughs> All right, let's listen to House Is a Rocking. Jake's number eight, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I always picture, uh, <laughs> before we get in, I always picture Ronnie Dangerfield in Back to School. <laughs> you know, that, that oh, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, just a little, total sidebar. It's a good visual. <laughs> Although I think it was Oingo Boingo for that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped that five seconds from the end so we didn't listen to the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a good tune. It really is. I, fun, I, I love yeah. that tune. It's just fun. It's fast. It's happy. It's all that's good in the world. All right. So my number eight is off of Couldn't Stand the Weather, but it's not the title track. 
Hmm. Cold Shot hmm. is my number eight. Uh, the shuffle with uh, lovely guitar accents is just great. The soft, soulful vocals from Steve Ray Vaughan. I love it when yeah. you can feel that richness in his voice and you feel the passion and, you know, that's a cool shot, baby. Yeah, that's a drag. You can kind of feel that, right? The chorus is catchy. It drags you in. The first solo, he kind of mirrors the vocal line with a small little bit of embellishment. But after the chorus vocal line part, he kind of bites into it a, a lot more. And he really kind of goes into it. It's just really good. Stevie performed this back when he was uh, in his olden days, when he was with the Triple Threat Review, which is before Double Trouble. He was with uh, a bassist called W.C. Clark and a female singer called Lou M. Barton and Stevie. Yeah. And then that went just to him and uh, Horton, the, the female singer. But there's the instrumental version prior to this with Shuggy Otis, where it's it's cold shot, but there's no lyrics. It's instrumental. And I think W.C. Clark took it from Shuggy Otis. Oh, okay. Because you can, if you hear the instrumental, you're like, oh, mm, I get, I get kind of the song structure. But W.C. Clark obviously put some energy into it, and then I, I guess Stevie Ray put vocals on it too, because it was an instrumental prior to that. But like we said, they made it their own, like their own song, entirely different from from that version. So yeah, it's interesting the drum groove in this song. You know, it's kind of laid back drum groove. Yeah, this whole. You know why? It was recorded at 4 a.m. in the morning. Oh, yeah, I'd be dragging that beat, and, and too. Was, and it was just like there, and he's like almost yawning when he's doing it. 4 a.m. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's uh, miserable. <laughs> but it's a great tune. I love the song. It is, yeah. So let's just listen to Cold Shot off of Consent the Weather. It's interesting. Most other artists that we've covered mm-hmm. in the 24 episodes we've done previous, what you listen for is that vocal line, that part of the vocal line you want to listen to, that yeah. part. And with Stevie, it's like, no, I have to hold on for that lick. I have to hold on for yeah, that. Yeah, always another tasty that part solo that you, you're thing for. that he's doing. It's just amazing. What's yeah. he doing with that part? He's running that up or... He's playing over the, the chorus notes, and he's playing that run that's yep. just amazing. We have to hear that, and it's so part of the reason why I love Stevie mm-hmm. Vaughan so much is because even the drummers of the world are like, we can't go until we hear that awesome guitar yeah, part. right. It's <laughs> so, just too good. I know. It's <clears throat> awesome. All right. So um, my number eight is Cold Shot, and so I'm on number nine. I'm on number seven, I mean. <laughs> I'm going upwards. Upwards. <laughs> so my number seven is off of an album called Instep. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, it's, uh has one of my favorite lines in it. It says, I can't catch a turtle in this rat race. <laughs> Which is Tightrope, which is my number seven. I love the hook. I love the intimate feel of this song. Talking about his battle with addiction. Walking the tightrope so one slip and he'll fall. Kind of thing. Uh, the solo is good, especially when he he just he does like a fake ending and then he just blows it up. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's great. Um, so, thoughts? Tightrope? Yeah, I got a lot of thoughts on the song. but um, uh, You may have to hold off. Them, but... To your point about yeah, the ending, I, I love that intense um, 
the ending solo to this song. Yeah, that's there, all I'll say for there, now. There's a lot of repetition in it, but it actually builds for the song. It's uh, kind of how effective that can be when you use it correctly. Yeah, and I love his vocals. They're really just soulful and they're really full and they're uh, solid. So let's hear a tightrope. My number seven. Steer it on. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, so good yeah it's amazing <laughs> it's one of these songs it's like that's it i want to start a steve ray vaughn cover band it's called i ate steve ray vaughn because <laughs> i'm much bigger than steve ray vaughn <laughs> even if i sat in there and just like owned it and like i could do that i think if i, I put my mind to it and but it's like, yeah, like <clears throat> leslie west plays uh, yeah, <laughs> steve ray vaughn <laughs> <laughs> Leslie West is my idol. My, uh, my, I guess it's not idol. I think it's my uh, what, what would they call it? My um, doppelganger. <laughs> it's like are you playing a mini strat? No, uh, that's an actual strat. <laughs> All right, uh, that's my number uh, seven. Is tightrope. So, Jake, what is your number seven? Okay, my number seven. I know it's not tightrope because you would have said it already. Because we have that one, if it's six or if yeah. it's eight, then you would say it. But I have a feeling it's higher. Yeah, it's, it's going to be higher. Yeah, I got it. Okay, what do you got, number seven? Uh, my number seven. It's dun, dun, dun. Ain't Gone and Give Up on Love. Really? Soul to Soul album, yeah. I'm a sucker for those slow, sexy blues. So this song fits right in that category. And uh, there's just something about the bass, too, on this this track that stands out to me. It's it's a good one, one of my faves. I love the opening riff, straight ahead like blues. Uh, his voice is more laid back than most of his tunes. It feels silky and soft, but in like a good way. Guitar is just incredible, like feel and emotion that ties in with that vibe. I like the stab, the guitar stab playing underneath the second verse. If you listen to it, he has that little stabbingness of the guitar under it. It's just amazing, and the solo is just. So good. You can hear like B.B. King and Albert King. You can hear like all those people just come to the front. And you kind of, I, I think of B.B. King more on this one, but uh, I can see some people say Albert, but I I hear it. And I'm like, wow, that's just fantastic. Like his solos and oh gosh, just sign me up. Sign me up for just, let's just play the solo and not even worry about his singing on this one. <laughs> uh, but actually his singing is pretty good. So this is off of Soul of Soul. This is Jake's number eight. Ain't gonna give up on love. That that's a that right there. You know that's from Southerner. I ain't gonna give up on love. No 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 yeah, no. I ain't. I ain't. Once it ain't. ain't in there, you know. I ain't. Sure. I ain't. <laughs> or, or fixing to. I'm fixing to. I ain't giving it up. You know. You know. I tried to give it up, but I tried. And I said I'm, I ain't giving up. No no no. Can, can it be like like a, a New Yorker thing like a. Yo, you man, I'm, I, I ain't giving up on love. No, no, it doesn't quite work. You know what I mean? <laughs> I ain't give up on love. You have to almost have a southern accent when you say that. All right. I'm so, I apologize to every southerner out there. I apologize. 
I have family in Mississippi, so I can kind of get away with a little of it. <laughs> That's I, always your uh, the card you pull. It's my one <laughs> my one card that I'm playing. It's like you hear like all these people who uh, are, are running for president or whatever, and then occasionally they'll play the race card. And like it's the one card I can play. <laughs> Right, so family and fill in the blank. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Beto. I'm really Mexican. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. Irish American. If you look back at my heritage, but let's not pay attention to that. Yeah, anyway. but I can speak Spanish. Eso sí que es. I listened to a commercial that said socks. If you say socks, it means that's what it is. Eso sí que es. All right. Uh, ain't going to give up on love. My whole digression is out of the control. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's listen to Jake's number seven. Ain't going to give up on love. That's right. All right. Let's listen. I don't give up on Okay, everybody who's listening to that, please listen to our playlist for this one. This is the one podcast that we've done that you need to listen to the playlist because it's so yeah, good. And 15 gotta... seconds can't really grasp yeah. the goodness of Steve Ray Vaughan. So uh, sit back, enjoy our top 12, and trust me, our top 12 is going to be awesome. Even if Jake makes some mistakes, it's still going to be good. <laughs> you can't go. All right. That was your number seven. So what do you have at number six, I'm my number friend? Number six, okay. Off the same album, actually, but this one is say what? Uh, oh, okay, no, it's a that's a good tune. It is. I think what's cool, and you probably are well aware of this, is that he used the two wah pedals at the same time while he was recording this. That's this cool. One, yeah, um, which makes the guitar scream at times. Like you can hear that just like blistering screaming guitar tone. It gave a kind of a phase tone at times. Um, yep. And, you know, I'm a sucker for organ solos, and this has it in it, too, so. And those of you who don't know, Jake plays with his organ regularly. Yeah. Big M, <laughs> little organ. It's like, every time I call Jake, what are you doing? Oh, I'm playing with my He's organ. Playing the organ. <laughs> and he doesn't have an organ at home. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> it's more Beavis and Butt-Ed humor. <laughs> Thanks, folks. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's interesting. This is the only part in the album that they actually sing the song title, mm-hmm. uh, the album title. I'm sorry, not the song title. That would be weird. But, but he, they did the solo soul part at the end of this as they run through it. Yeah, it's a good tune. Solid tune. Solo soul. Say what? Jake's number six. <laughs> Say what? Uh, that was your number. That was six. Right? Number six. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. So I'm up to my number six. We get to run back to the one that matters. Mm-hmm. All right. This one is off of what I consider the final Stevie Ray Vaughan album. Although it happened post uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's death, Jimmy Vaughan hand selected all of the tracks that were still available. And there's one track that for me stood out. It's my number six. It's an acoustic song. Yep. Life by the Drop. Good pick. It's off of Sky's Crying. The acoustic riff into acoustic shuffle. Uh, and his voice is amazing. 
you almost feel like you're sitting beside him listening to him play when he did it. And it's actually interesting. He didn't write the song. Yeah. Doyle Bramhall, who is a good friend of his and has been a friend of his since high school. And usually when you have songs that are sung by an artist, they're about somebody else. Doyle wrote this song about Stevie and saw him crash and burn and was seeing him fall and his descent into alcoholism and drugism and all the isms that, that go along with that. So uh, Life by the Drop was about Steve Ray Vaughan, but it's interesting that it's sung by Steve Ray Vaughan mm-hmm. in that same sort of space. And for me, this is one of those songs that it was so powerful. It's one of these songs that just grabs me up and down that road with one I choose, talking about good things and singing the blues. You went your way and I stayed behind. We both knew it was a matter of time. Living on dreams, are you on top? Mine is wasting. Lord, it won't stop. That's how it happens, living life by the drop. And yeah. the passion in his voice. And uh, and Stevie would be the first person uh, to stand up and talk about his alcoholism. He did in many concerts, he'd stand up and talk about the dangers of drugs and the dangers of rampant alcoholism. And uh, he said, whatever you do, don't listen to we'll try it. I think he said in a couple of times. <laughs> uh, but anyway, prophetic. Huh? <laughs> prophetic. Yeah, he, was, he was talking ahead of his time. Uh, any thoughts by Life of the Drop? Or we're going to talk about this a bit. Later. No, this one came close. I, I wrestled with this one yeah. in, in uh, making my list because yeah. it is like super catchy. The course is catchy too, but it's one of those things of like, yeah, it was teetering on teetering the list, on, yeah it's probably it like a 13 12 yeah, uh, 14 totally. yeah i'm with you mm-hmm. and uh but yeah this one for me it was the poignancy of the song and the whole dichotomy of him singing about himself yeah from somebody else's eyes i really just can't, i could yeah. not ignore no, I'm glad it. you picked it because so it uh, anyway let's listen to life by the drop the correct number six <laughs> It's an all song. <laughs> I remember sitting on the porch playing that in on Euclid Avenue in Tucson, which is a really bad area. <laughs> a friend of mine was house sitting in what would be the projects area. You know, it's in the south central of uh, Tucson. Mm-hmm. And there were shots and whatever they were shooting. You hear, you hear stuff in the distance and stuff. And I remember sitting out there on the porch and having people come up and singing along and we just play guitar on the porch and there was a bunch of people that come out and just like sing along and just enjoy it and i just remember this song and in that oh, nice. space so it's kind of uh yeah ray and uh pat and all you guys who kind of brought me into that uh steve ray vaughn world uh thank you so much and uh it's been a lifetime of good music and i don't know what would have filled that void in my music soul, if you will, if mm. you guys hadn't come along and been there. So thank you. All right. Oh, this is so deep. I didn't <laughs> know I was getting into something this deep. Oh my gosh. No, no, but anyway. All right. Uh, so Light Bullet Drops, that's my number six. So I go to five now, right? Sure. Right, that's my number five. I'm going to go five. I'm going to go to instep. I'm going to go to instep. And I'm going to go, and I like to go there, and I know Jake doesn't like to go there until, like, number one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, it's all in step. <clears throat> now, my number five is 
a big hit really off of Instep. Uh, it's called uh, Crossfire. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> it's written by the the band. Yeah. Uh, but without Stevie, this is one of the only songs in the Stevie Ray Vaughan catalog that I find myself when I listen to it, I feel myself stabbing the keyboard part. Yeah. You know I mean? It stands out on that whole the intro too. It's that push and the bass line is so catchy it draws you in a solo at 205 is just exceptional even with the horns that join in sometimes the horns can overshadow stuff and it doesn't mesh really well but it does really well in this song yeah this could be the most engaging and vocal verse in any steve ray vaughn song and i like the help me right before solo two which is just amazing and he just aggressively chords out in the end keep in mind what this album's about when you're listening to it, Crossfire is about, it's on instep, things that you're dealing with when you're struggling to be sober. So that's what instep is about. So thoughts on Crossfire, or we're still going to hold off, we're still not There are some, some more thoughts, but like you said, it was written because he was in um, rehab. So, you know, the band Double Trouble was still writing stuff and putting stuff together, and so they kind of had this thing already worked out, and then he came in, but... Still, I think it was like the the biggest number one. I think, right? I don't know if I'm misquoting it, but I think that was like maybe the number one that they ever had. Okay, so yeah, it's it's a it's a great song, important song. All right, let's listen to Crossfire. This is my number five. <laughs> That's my five. It's Crossfire. What is your number five, my friend? My number five is Off Couldn't Stand the Weather. This okay. one is Tin Pan Alley. Uh, you know, oh, right you know I love slow blues already. I established that. So this one's smooth, slow, so emotive. There's tons of space. And I mean, there's there's no rush because I feel like it, it takes like almost the first three minutes is the intro to the song. It's like two and a half minutes of intro. But you don't notice it. It just feels uh, feels so good. This he did in one take. I believe it. One take. It's one of the most phenomenal songs I've ever heard. Yeah. Not to say that it's on my list, but maybe. <laughs> no, this one's this one's a big deal to me. I think the producer of Hammond when he came, Hammond was producing this album. He said, "That's the best you've." you'll ever mm. get on that song it just sounded wonderful wow and that was his first take he's that guy yeah and it's just like you can't get better than tim pan alley uh for number five certainly so uh let's listen to uh tim pan alley anything else on it before we uh-uh. jump in okay uh, number five before i couldn't stand the weather tim pan alley aka the roughest place in town I'm losing my mind just listening to that again. Oh, it's so good. All right, that's Jake's number five. Tim Penelli. So, my friend, I think you're up to number four. Number four. Wow. It's a hard transition from, it is. from that one to this, but I'm sure. it's got to happen. Yeah, this one uh, is off of In Step. This one's one you mentioned before, Tightrope. Okay. Um, this one, I just 
there's great musical phrasing. The drums got that shuffle going. It's just, it's a butt shaker. There's that little bit of funk in there. It's just, uh, it's a really good tune, and it's high up on my list. So, yeah, that's that's not that far. I mean, seven yeah. to four. I mean, I guess it is close. It's far enough, but, uh, yeah, Tight Rope's a great tune. So, I kind of exploded before on it. So, <laughs> let's listen to Tight Rope. Jake's number four here on the 30 Dozen Podcast. All right. That's so hot. That's Jake's number four. Tightrope. So uh, Mm. let's jump to my number four. And this is off of the album Instep. Now, this song is one of the most iconic songs that's not really blues that Stevie's ever done. When they recorded this track, Stevie went into the studio and the producer, Bram Hall or whoever, was talking to him. He's like, listen, I have like nine minutes of tape left. <laughs> he goes, uh, just go there and play. Relax. Band's there. Relax. And play. And he went, and this is another one taker. And it was so phenomenal. And he was so into the song that he was like, oh my gosh, my tape's running out. And I don't want to lose it. So he was like trying to make these motions. <laughs> he, I'm making motions on a podcast. I'm completely out of my mind. But he's making motions like cut it, cut it, cut it. And he's he got Leighton on there and then Leighton signaled Stevie. Leighton got his eye and Stevie ended the song a second before the tape ran out. Wow. And they kept the whole track. And it's Riviera Paradise. I was gonna ask if that's the one. I played this song for my daughter. Like, from when she was an infant, this is one of her, like, let's fall asleep oh. and rock with daddy and daddy. I would hold her and I would dance with her in, you know, when she was a little infant in her bedroom. This Katie. Yeah. Huh? And I'd, I'd hold her and we'd have, like, there'd be, like, uh, Comfortably Numb would be on there. There'd be a couple other things. But Riviera Paradise was on there. And you just kind of rock with her so she can try and fall asleep. When she go back to sleep when she's an infant, and I remember the song specifically for that. Oh, that's cool. So that's like my me- my biggest memory from this. That Although, explains why it's high up on this list. Because yeah, it's for me. I I, I thought about number one. It's mm. just the most fantastic. If you're a guitar player and you listen to this and you realize he just played it once, yeah, and he just took off and oh my nailed it. Yeah. Gosh, it's jazz. This is a jazz instrumental. That's what it is. But it's so fantastic. It's soothing. Oh, it's it's a deep feeling that you can't really handle. It's the lead, like at, like about three minutes, he just tears into the lead. And there's a little piano breakdown. Reminds me of a little bit of Floyd. But then it, it takes off again, and it's just... And you can almost feel Stevie Ray Vaughan playing the song. 15 seconds, my friends... Is not going to make this song justice, mm-hmm. no matter what 15 seconds yeah. I pick. So please, uh, out of every one that we've ever done, I think Steve Ray Vaughan is the time you should just search yeah. official Dirty Dozen. It's not hard. Type official 
space dirty space dozen <laughs> on there and there'll be a bunch of them listed and just go steve ray vaughn or current episode and just subscribe to the current episode one and then you're set forever but riviera paradise you need to listen to it is fantastic it is life-changing it is as good a jazz player that you'll ever hear a blues player play if that makes sense <laughs> but oh, so good so any other thoughts on Ripley or paradise no i just I, yeah i relate to the good vibes on the song it's just smooth it just feels good the whole song if i could play this song all the way through i think i would retire as a guitarist and just be like just, <laughs> if, if the only thing i do is like once a month show up and play this one song and disappear every month just do that i would be amazing <laughs> it's just so good it just it's not to be able to play it technically but it's to be able to play it with the feel and yeah. the, the vibe that he has it's just oh it's just i lose my mind on the song so uh revere paradise my number four That's Riviera Paradise, my number four. Uh, I just got lost in it, and uh, we listened to quite a bit of it. I hope you enjoy the 15 seconds that I selected for you. Yeah, uh, but so please deep. just take the time out and listen to that. Be in a calm space. Don't drive when you listen to that part. Uh, <laughs> <Fall> <laughs> I don't want you to fall asleep. <laughs> but it's not fall asleep in a bad way. It's fall asleep in a yeah, good way. It's so smooth, silky, amazing guitar work over some really amazing chords and some jazzy vibe and uh, it, it could be the best jazz composition that's ever been written yeah it's the kind of jazz I know that's that i like it, yeah. i don't like the you know where it's all just chaotic um everyone's playing a different time signature and it lands on whatever i this is the kind of jazz that kind of resonates with me where it's just that kind of smooth feel-good stuff yeah no yeah. no doubt and it's and the thing that it is, one take, it's not. Yeah. The guy's just yeah. out of it's his a testimony mind. to uh, how good ability, a guitarist yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you know, Alan Holsworth, you expect something like that, but, you know, it's, this is a blues guy. He's just like unloading. Yeah. So, my number three, uh, jumping to the next one, is the song you've already picked. This is the title track off of Could Stand the Weather. Oh, okay. Uh, it's my number three. If anything you didn't talk, the pentatonic runs that he does on this, like if you pick it like 420 or around 420 or so, it's just amazing. It's just smoothest, great thing. Jimmy Vaughn plays on this. He has a, he plays through a yeah. Leslie uh, on the uh, rhythm section. It kind of works. I love the guitar feel when Stevie joins in with that main hook that he kind of pulls through. The solo is amazing. Which I'm sure you can pretty much cut and paste to almost any Steve Ray Vaughan song. <laughs> <laughs> but I especially like some of the melodic phrasing and adaptability. Some of the chord changes underneath are quite jarring from a soloist point of view. And he knew it was coming, obviously. And he handled it brilliantly uh, through this stuff. So, couldn't stand the weather. My number three. And anybody who really knows what they're talking about, that would be in the number three, too. So <laughs> send the weather. Let's listen. <laughs> Wonderful. 
ended for so long there, and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> can't end it yet. It's <laughs> so tasty. Oh, oh, I have a I have a thing that we're gonna do that I just popped in my head, and we're gonna do it later. I'll I'll announce it after uh, we go through this. <laughs> okay. And Jake has no idea what it's gonna be, and how much money gonna it's gonna cost him, but it's gonna cost him a little bit. <laughs> So anyway, uh, so that's number three. I uh, couldn't stand the weather. My number three. So Jake, you have your number three and your number two. All right. My number three. You'd mentioned before it's cold shot. Uh, this one, it, okay. I, it always stood out to me as, as high up on this list. Um, kind of what you mentioned about his vocal delivery. It's real like kind of smooth and and downplayed. There's something just kind of breathy about that. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just it's smooth swing and blues. The the video was hilarious for this too. If if anyone's seen it, where it's like that the puppet, uh, that's him that's being like thrown out of buildings and and beaten up and whatever. But yeah, we'll put a link to that yeah, in the show notes. It's yeah. a good video and a good tune. You'd be surprised, people. Like check out our show notes. Some of the stuff is just amazing, and you yeah, really would content. be hard pressed to find some of this stuff on your own. All right, but you could if you wanted to. So all right, uh, so. That's it. Cold shot. Yep. Number eight. Three. My number eight. Your number three. Three. Really? It's, it's, just, it's a three a, is a half of an eight. Drummers just don't know what they're talking about. That's really what it comes down to. Although he knows enough to put in his 12, which is good. <laughs> so let's listen to Cold Shot off of Can't Stand the Weather. Let's listen. You showed your appreciation I'm walking out anyway If that's a cold summer Alright, that's Cold Shot Jake's number three so that's a good uh, number three. Um, <laughs> what do you have at number two? And remind me what I'm going to get us in the hole for at the end of this. Uh, number one, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll announce it. The hole, okay. The hole that you and I are going to pay for something. that You have no idea what's coming, but I think we're gonna. it's going to go there. Just because we don't want to make another Steve Ray Vaughan mistake that Rob made earlier on in his life. <laughs> so, but I'll talk to you about that in a little bit. Let's go. Okay. Uh, number two, random up. Yep, two. number two. We're always, um, almost to the top. I think you said this one, Crossfire. Crossfire um, for number two. This one was this. This is a song that rivaled number one. Okay, but like we had said, it it wasn't really his song, hundred percent. It was kind of the band they presented to him. But it's catchy groove. Like I said, I think it charted better than most of his songs, if not the best one. It really showcases his personality and sound. You know, I love the horns and the organ and, and his uh, hot guitar solos. Yeah, it's it's a great tune. And uh, yeah, it's uh, fantastic. I, I pretty much went through all of it anyway. Yep. It's one of the most engaging vocals and verse in any Steve Ray Vaughan song. So let's listen to Crossfire. Jake's number two. All right, that was Crossfire, Jake's number two. 
Uh, sorry, I was delayed for a little bit. I was <laughs> explaining to Jake what the heck I was talking Deliberating. about. Deliberating. Deliberating, but I think we were all on board with it. Then we each pick one person up. But, oh, I, I almost I almost tipped our hand. I can't believe that. I almost tipped that. Oh, my um, gosh. Anyway. Um, I think we both know what number one is. Right. Anyway, I'm on number two, which oh, is sorry. probably your number one. I'm jumping in. Oh, that's a good point. So, so that's my guess. So I just did three, which was couldn't stand the weather. And my number two, which is probably your number one, because I haven't heard it yet. And I know my number one isn't your number one. Oh, you know that, huh? Yes, I do, because you've already said it. My number two is off of a small little album called Texas Flood. The song that most people identify with, Steve Ray Vaughan. That opening riff. What's that? Pride and Joy. It's one of my favorite songs. It's most people like Steve Ray Vaughan. It's one of the most iconic blues openings ever. Real great shuffle feel. Mm-hmm. Starts with the chorus. Feels amazing. Catchy lyrics. Groove. Relatable story, really. If you've ever been in love or um, whatever you want to relate this to, it works. I love the stops in the verse after the first solo. The double stops starting off solo two is amazing. He lets loose in the end, and he's really locked into the groove. Although it's amazing to do the groove as fast as he does in this, the shuffle. Yeah. To really be locked into the drums is not uh, something to be uh, yeah, overemphasized. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Lord knows that there's sometimes that I have problems locking in. To see somebody play that quickly and in that mode and always stay in his pocket. Right. It's that swing <sighs> and that feel, like we said at the beginning. Is this your number one, you know, by the way? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay, okay. And I think because it kind of embodies that, like we're talking about that swing, that feel, that sort of just the thing, that the Texas shuffle. Sure. That he really just yeah, he nails it. And he, it just gives the guitar a voice. Like there's all the, the bends and the pull-offs. And just so many tasty solos. It's just, it's like the obvious number one to most people, but but it really is to me the number one, only because it just really does embody his personality and his sound and everything. Right, it was my number two, but that was just because number one really meant so much to me. Yeah, but number, yeah, I get it because yeah. I've I've been guilty of kind of doing that as well. Yeah, to, no, no, but I totally to get it. I had to keep it at least number two. If you asked a hundred people, yeah. seventy-five right. of them would say this was the number one. He wrote it for Lenny when he did it. It was uh, Texas Flood's first single. Therefore, his first single ever. Uh, a true staple for Classic Rock Radio. It's also been on MTV, and it kind of pulled Stevie out of the post-David uh, Bowie yeah. thing. And it just lifted him up and like, hey, this guy was legit. That's why he stepped back from being the guitarist for David Bowie. And he's like, I'm better on my own, and here's why. Yeah, this is the one of the only original, there's two original songs they played at the original Montreux Festival when they were booed by half of the crowd, mm-hmm. and this is one of them, and I can't imagine ever being booed, but I guess when you're expecting some uh, some acoustic uh, blues and the purists of it, and you have some uh, guy playing behind his back over his head doing this flashy stuff right it's like when bob dylan came out and plugged in an electric guitar right everyone was yeah, so, super ah! upset. all those folk fans were uh, super upset he actually played this up uh, if you look online i think i can find it on youtube he played this with albert king in in session oh yeah it's a great album oh so good 
That's a really good album, actually. Yeah, it's, it's him and Albert. Uh, some of the stuff when I see Stevie play with some of these people, it's so amazing to me that I know he could wipe the stage with people, but he chooses to play back and yeah. let them shine. He serves that song and just and he's like plays in that. He pocket. understands what Albert King means. He right. understands what these sort of people mean to the blues, and although. Technically, he could probably mop the floor with almost any guitarist that you throw in front of him. To see him play with these people, Albert Collins or somebody like that, he he sits back and he lets them shine. Yep. He lets them, like, I pulled this Lonnie Mack, you know, from Wham, was my, one of my first albums he ever bought. And he's like, he played with him and he's like, nope, let me let you go. Yeah. No, unless you push me and then I'm in your trouble. Right. But but right now I'm gonna let you just shine. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that and I, I think Stevie even said he said he wishes I think there's a quote that he said he wishes he was black because his music would be that much more full, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. It's just like more impactful. He feels like just that was that minor thing against him, but he has such that he had that in his <laughs> blood. He had the blues in his blood, and he just loved it. Totally, and, yeah. and he fell in love with all of these amazing blues artists, and uh, I can see that. I, I totally, I'm in love with a lot of them as my myself. Pride and joy, my number two. <laughs> Getting back to the uh, the amazing tune that is, and it's Jake's number one because we're within one, so we're going to talk about it together. Uh, this is Jake's number one and my number two. Uh, Pride and joy. Let's listen. And right there is the most iconic opening of mm. almost any blues song. Alright, that's Pride and Joy, my number two, Jake's number one. So that means I only have my number one to cover and we're done. That's that right. My number one is off of Couldn't Stand the Weather. It's a song that Jake already talked about. It's pretty much perfection on the guitar. (laughs) It's a slow, slow song. Jazzy Blues, Tim Pan Alley Mm -hmm. is my number one. I couldn't listen to this song and not... It's the roughest place I've ever been. You know, it's just, oh, it's just unbelievable. It doesn't get any better, period. I, I don't care <laughs> what you're playing. This song just blows my mind from the jangly chorus to the tone that every guitar player ever exp- aspires to. Uh, the vocal is rich, emotional, and he's just deep in it and... Oh, the solo is amazing, and the clar- the strat with the double stops, uh, the fact that he did it in one take, which I mentioned before, it's it's like you're in like this darkly lit bar where there's smoke and yeah. everything, and he's just there and he's playing and he's talking about all this awful stuff like death and crappy living and <laughs> and living on the edge and not knowing where your next meal is coming from and. The darkest blues that you can possibly have. The guitar weeps. The guitar cries. The guitar just 
pulls you in and the vocals match it. And oh my goodness, I can't think of one song. And I didn't think going in this would be it. But after going through them all, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was like losing my mind listening to this song. Oh, no, so it good. is. It's yeah. I'm a sucker like for those smooth, slow blues. It's just something so emotive about it, especially when it's done the way that that he approaches it and, and pulls it off. But again, to that point where it's like it, it's almost three minutes it's, of intro intro to the song before it even starts, and you don't even notice it because it just feels so good. This is almost a Floyd song. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's over nine and a half minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's nine plus minutes. But it's you nine, like know 12 it. or you something. You wouldn't know yeah. it just because it's just every moment you're eating up. So let's listen to Tim Pan Alley. My number one and Jake's number five or something. I don't remember. Yeah, it is. It's the roughest place I've Okay, that's my number one. <laughs> Tim Pan Alley. I'm lost in that a little bit and um so good so anyway we've went through number one and uh what i was talking to jake before and i think we should do in my life one of the biggest regrets that i've had was not seeing stevie ray vaughn live and although i can never see stevie ray vaughn live Mm -hmm. and i understand that but looking at the landscape of blues musicians there's one person who kind of stands above and that's Joe Bonamassa. And uh, he's from L.A., although he's not currently scheduled to be in L.A. Uh, I'd like Jake and I to take two listeners to go to see Joe Bonamassa. Since this just kind of popped into our head this evening, uh, we don't quite have the details on this yet. But as soon as Joe, number one, books a show in the area and we get tickets... We'll have a Dirty Dozen Joe Bonamassa podcast. And that'll be the indication that we're going to do it. And um, right after that, we'll have some uh, way that you can enter to win the tickets. Uh, whether it's posting comments, whether, whether uh, we do something else. That's uh, what we'll decide then. And then we'll announce it on the podcast for Joe Bonamassa when that happens, when we have the tickets. But I really want to do this, and I think it'll be a great time. And uh, so, more more to come on that. So, look forward to that in the future. Anyway, this has been just a fantastic Dirty Dozen for me. But before we get to uh, our official Dirty Dozen, Jake, why don't you remind everybody what your Dirty Dozen was? And then I'll do mine. 12 is Stang Swang, 11, Skullabutton, 10 is Honeybee, 9 is Couldn't Stand the Weather, 8, The House is Rockin', 7, Ain't Gone and Give Up on Love, 6, Say What, 5, Tim Pen Alley, 4, Tightrope, 3, Cold Shot, 2, Crossfire, and number 1, Pride and Joy. And mine was 12, Love Struck Baby, number 11, Rude Mood, number 10, Wall of Denial, number 9, Long Way From Home, number 8, Cold Shot, number 7, Tightrope. Number six, Life by the Drop. Number five, Crossfire. Number four, Riviera Paradise. Number three, Couldn't Stand the Weather. Number two, Pride and Joy. Number one, Tim Pen Alley. But before I forget, uh, what do you think about the beer? It's good, again. Yeah. 
tasty. Yeah, it's it's one of those smoothest, nicest, um, yeah, stout stouts you can ever have. Uh, milk stout, left hand brewery. It's not aggressive. It's more towards a porterish stout, but it's really good and it's smooth and it's great. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna do our list in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, and two, one, and we're back. Here's our official Dirty Dozen, starting with number 12 from Steve Ray Vaughan. Long Way From Home, number 12. Number 11, House Is A Rockin'. Number 10, Ain't Gonna Give Up On Love. Number 9, Say What? (laughs) Number 8, Life By The Drop. Number 7, Riviera Paradise. Number 6, couldn't stand the weather. Number five, tightrope. Number four, cold shot. Hmm. Number three, crossfire. Number two, tin pan alley. And number one, pride and joy. So that's a good. That's a good twelve. It is. I still feel like people should listen to our collective. Like every song we picked. Should be yeah, I know. I maybe this. yeah. I'm I'm with you. They're, they're like all... you said, there's something about these songs that just really each one needs to be heard. And no, I totally get you. This just this one time, we will put all of our choices in for this week in the uh, Steve Ray Vaughan official Dirty Dozen playlist. So look for it there, and it'll be more than twelve this week, so you'll understand why. Thank you, everybody, for listening and being part of our community. Really love you guys, and uh, we're going to do the Bonamassa. Once we have a date, we'll set that up, and you'll it'll be indicated by our Bonamassa podcast. We will let you know when that's coming, <laughs> and we will have two of you coming with us, and that's something we're going to do. Keep listening, keep being active, and uh, we hope to see you. Uh, great blues man with you that said in two weeks we're going to be doing puddle of mud with a special friend of ours who's a big puddle of mud fan ralph mckinley you may have heard his name before he was uh, one of the metallica podcast people who had went to see metallica before anybody had ever seen metallica or knew who metallica i mean he saw it with uh mustaine on lead and the classic the original lineup I think it was even before Cliff Burton he saw them. Anyway, he's uh, coming up. He's a big Puddle of Mud fan. And it's interesting. A really kind of cool podcast. I recorded it last week. But it'll be you'll get that in two weeks. And then Jake and I will be doing You Too, which mm-hmm. is a big podcast. And a <laughs> lot to dig into there. So that will be uh, the following week. And then we're going to also have a, for after you two, we're going to have a user pick. And I'm going to start putting that out. When I post this podcast, in the comments for this podcast, (laughs) right? In the comments. I'm going to put the podcast, Steve Ray Vaughan podcast. It's available. Look, check it out. On there, on Facebook. Click comments. On there. The first two people to pick a band that's reasonable. (laughs) If you pick Erasia, if you pick uh, Thompson Shade. Twins, if you pick Sade, <laughs> none of that's going to count. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to do the Janet Jackson Dirty Dozen. It's just not Rhythm happening. Nation. Rhythm Nation. I guess he could. We have some flexibility on things we like. So we actually no, have talked about out there. We NF. Might, we We've like talked it. about a bunch of weird things. Yeah. So whatever you think, throw it out there. You want to do Megadeth? 
put out there. You want to do, I don't know. What would be a bad one? You want to do White Lion, we can do Village that. Village people. Village people. I don't know. Village people, that'd be interesting. BGs. I think BGs would be interesting. Village people be interesting. would be harder. Yeah. I think we would. If push came to shove, I think we'd do BGs. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of the community. Uh, please subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast and please share it. Now, we're part of this community with you and hopefully by playing, you know, doing the songs and talking about the artists that you want to talk about and trying to be here for you guys, you can realize that you have some ownership in this too and try and reach out to people and uh, let them know about it. So anyway, God bless and I will see you in two weeks. See you then with Puddle of Mud.